Welcome to the Finance Cafe podcast, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them to answer all those questions you have about the numbers and maybe some you haven't even thought of yet. With their combined experience in business, finance, and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know that financial management is more than just understanding the numbers, but understanding how our unique lived experiences, knowledge, thoughts, and behaviors around money shape the financial decisions we make in our companies. Here on the Finance Cafe podcast, presented by Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, we're changing the way we talk about business and finance, empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light one conversation at a time. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. In this week's five tip episode, we're diving into the conversation around ways we can self-sabotage our business. You know, have you ever thought to yourself or wondered, why won't I talk to that supplier about getting a discount? Why am I not increasing my prices? Why am I not reaching out to that customer? Now, these are all areas in our business that sometimes we don't take the time to sit back and say, you know what, maybe I need to give myself permission to understand why I am or I'm not doing something. So when we think about the topic of self-sabotage, let's first of all understand what that looks like or what that means. It's really that behavior that creates problems or prevents you from your tasks or goals. Right? For example, procrastination is a major form of self-sabotage. And I can attest, I will put my hand up high, I am a major procrastinator on certain areas. So Shannon, how many entrepreneurs do we know that just do anything to avoid looking at their financial statements? I love this topic, Shauna, because we all exhibit self-sabotaging behaviors, whether we're aware of it or we're not. And so some of us might avoid our financials because we feel fear. There's a lot of emotion and a lot of thoughts. And you and I both know that our thoughts are going to influence our behaviors, which are going to influence our habits. And so when we're thinking about procrastination or thinking about self-sabotage, We also know that every decision that you make in your company comes with a financial consequence. So that self-sabotaging behavior, that not wanting to look at financial statements is a big one. Shannon, I love that you've brought in the behaviors and our thoughts and our attitudes, because at the Finance Cafe, we talk a lot about our money mindset, right? And so before we get into the tips for today, we want to maybe have a bit of a conversation to get a clear understanding of our money mindset. Ask yourself those questions about how do I feel about spending, about earning, about saving. So Shannon, as we get into the tips about overcoming self-sabotage, how does our money mindset come into play here? Well, our money mindset plays such an important role in our business. And when we think about it, let's go back to even how we describe or how we talk about financial literacy at the Finance Cafe, because we know it's more than numbers. We know that It's our awareness of different financial concepts, it's our skills, it's our thoughts, our attitudes, and our behaviors. 
And so our money mindset is part of that attitude category, right? So how we feel about certain money behaviors. I think the other part that I want to tie into as well, one of the things that we really focus on are eight key financial behaviors that entrepreneurs are going to face in their business. And when we look at those eight financial behaviors, we look at very specifically, how do we feel about earning? How do we feel about saving? How do we feel about spending? How do we feel about investing and planning? And there are more, but I'm not going to get into all of them here. What's important to know is that we might be really confident when it comes to spending money and feeling really good about spending money, but we might not feel good about earning money. And so a lot of our money mindset is actually really subconscious. We might not even be aware that we have blocks. So thinking about our first tip, it's really about getting comfortable with exploring our money mindset and beginning to ask ourselves really important questions. And one that I love is go on a money date with yourself and take yourself out, bring your financial statements with you. We also in our money mindset class have a really great exercise that you can go through that helps you uncover some of these triggering questions and that questions that might help you see that you have these blocks. But when we go into money mindset date, what we want to be able to do is take some time to reflect on what are the feelings that are coming up when I think about earning money? So where is that going to show up? Do I price myself appropriately? Am I comfortable promoting myself and talking about my business? I mean, the last thing you want to do is be your own best kept secret because people and customers are not going to be able to find you. You had a really great conversation with Amal Asad on tips to developing and maintaining good financial habits for your business. And I want to talk about that as well in a second. But it's really important that on these money mindset dates that we take the time to really sit and be reflective. So let's talk about your conversation with them all because I think some of these financial habits are conversations that you can have with yourself on a money mindset date. I love that, Shannon. And yet Amal provided. So if you check back to season two of the Finance Cafe podcast, you'll find Amal's Asad's podcast with us. And she shares a checklist that you can actually print out and take on your money date because she talks about the importance of, first of all, even printing out those financial statements. And for many entrepreneurs, that's that's the initial block that sometimes they can't get through. Well, how do I get my financial statements? I'm not sure you know, where they're coming from, how to create them. So ask your bookkeeper, ask your accountant. Take this time also, if you're the one type of person that you're you're looking at your bank balance, but you're not printing out those statements or those credit card statements, that's important information that you need on a regular basis. So maybe you even just need to start by printing those off. That can be the first step in your money date to say, okay, I'm going to log on to my bank account. I'm going to start printing these off. So check out that episode with them all. And she provides some great tips. And like I said, she also provides a checklist that you can print out because developing those habits of looking at your financial statements on a regular basis does so many things. It'll increase your confidence. It'll reduce those anxious and uncomfortable feelings. And more importantly, it can help you achieve those goals that you've set for you and your business. And you mentioned financial statements. And I think it's really important also that we talk about the fact that a lot of us don't even know how to obtain our financial statements. And so as we're encouraging you to go out, you know, take yourself out on this money date and grab those statements. Shana, let's talk about where we actually get those statements and how important it is to have accounting software. You bet. Tip number two, automate your bookkeeping by investing in either an online or a desktop bookkeeping software program. 
incorporating that bookkeeping software will take work off your plate, right? So what is bookkeeping? Like, let's even take a step back. What is bookkeeping? Bookkeeping is recording all of the transactions that occur in your business. So it's recording the cash inflows and outflows. It's recording sales to your customers. It's recording purchases from your suppliers. So when we just think about bookkeeping for many entrepreneurs, when they first start out, they're using an Excel spreadsheet to track some information. Or they're using what we call the shoebox method, where they're putting all their receipts, hopefully in a box or in a file folder on their computer, and then sending it off to their accountant at the end of the year. But the low price of implementing a bookkeeping software solution, you can get in for some software for free, for some software as low as $10 a month. It's going to give you not only the information that you need, it's going to speed up the year-end process when it comes to filing your tax returns. It's going to help with your GST, HST, PST tax filings, right? All of these items that sometimes when you go into that filing period where you need to report something, that anxious feeling starts to come up because you're going, okay, I'm not sure where to get this information. When you have that bookkeeping software set up from the beginning, you have the information. So you're going, okay, I have this information. Now it's just a matter of taking that next step into, am I going to file it? Am I going to pass it on to a bookkeeper? And just because you start working with accounting software, it doesn't mean that you have to do the work, right? If you're the type of person that, you know, this just isn't for me, reach out to your network, ask somebody if they know of a great bookkeeper that can support you. Right. Reach out to your accountant. Maybe they can help somebody. Put a note on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Hey, I need some help. Is there anybody out there that can help us? So because maybe you just need that little bit of support to get going. And then it's something that you can take it from there. I really appreciate the conversation about accounting software and bookkeeping software. And I'm a classic example of the entrepreneur in the beginning when I set up my business that I thought I could just manage everything on an Excel spreadsheet, which I did. But then I started to doubt, did I put everything in there? I just started to question everything. And Shauna, I mean, it's no, it's no surprise that you're my accountant as well in my business. But that was one of the first things you encouraged me to do was get out of the weeds with this Excel spreadsheet. It was causing me anxiety. It wasn't really helping me make the decisions. It started to help me think about the importance of keeping my financial house in order, so to speak. But it was really when you encouraged me to take that dive and get the accounting software. And I know the importance of accounting software. So this is this is kind of the interesting thing. I mean, as a banker, I was always, you know, get your financial statements, understand your financial statements. But when it came to me, I thought, I only have a few contracts. So do I really need the financial statements? And it turns out, yeah, absolutely I do. Because then I could be really monitoring my taxes and what, like what you said, like saving and saving for those taxes and anticipating what was going to be coming up. So not only could I make sure that, oh, the other thing is that you can do all your invoicing from there as well. So not only did it help me with getting money out and being able to watch like who's late in their payments or is that money coming in? It also gave me a much deeper understanding of some of those operational finance pieces that you need to do as, as an entrepreneur. The other thing that an Excel spreadsheet couldn't do for me was put together, you know, that full summary on one page to say, here's what my income and my revenues were, and this is what my asset list looked like. And so it was really hard for me to make any type of decisions for my company. So that accounting software, once we embrace it. And the other thing that I will say too, is that once I got onto the accounting software, the next thing I figured out is I didn't want to be doing 
the monthly reporting. So I was able to outsource the bookkeeping. So now I'm just able to capture all of my receipts. I give everything to my bookkeeper who is able to do that recording on all of my financial transactions, which has saved me time because that's not my forte. I was spending way too much time trying to reconcile my bank accounts, trying to make sure that everything was accounted for. Uh, and so it, what a weight was lifted off my shoulders. That was self-sabotaging behavior for me because I was also procrastinating because I think that was the task that I really didn't want to do. I love that you tied that back in, right? So how does investing in accounting software, you know, help overcome some of those self-sabotaging behaviors? Because it now is giving you real-time financial data to make business decisions and to understand back to your comment at the beginning, because every business decision that we make as an entrepreneur comes with a financial consequence. Now you can see that directly in your accounting software. You can print off the income statement showing you your revenue and expenses or your balance sheet. So I love that you've tied that together. And now you have that information to take yourself on a money date to start looking through that financial data. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned a few accounting softwares that people can use. I use QuickBooks, but Shauna, do you have some preferences from what you see from working on the accounting side? I think it goes back to there's a number of questions that you as an entrepreneur have to ask in order to select that accounting software, because depending on the industry or what you're looking for, but you can look at QuickBooks, as Shannon mentioned, there's Zero XERO, there's FreshBooks, there's Sage Simply, but it really is dependent on what business you're in, what industry you're in. And that, again, is the benefit of having connections in your industry. Reach out on social media. Hey, I'm in this industry. Can anybody recommend a good accounting software for me? I love that. So Shannon, our next tip comes a little bit in line with maybe avoiding that implementation of accounting software, you know, getting stuck in one way. But have you ever heard of the ostrich effect? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a prime example that I've seen time and time again with my clients is that envelope comes and it used to be come in a brown envelope from the Canada Revenue Agency or a supplier invoice comes looking for payment. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we can stick our head in the sands in the hopes that maybe it will just go away. Spoiler alert, the government will never go away. If you owe a supplier money, they will not go away. So we have to go back to our money mindset. What's the first feeling that comes to mind when you receive that envelope or when you receive that late payment notice? Or maybe it's even something from the bank. How are we feeling and are we are we trying to then avoid that that conversation with ourselves or with that individual or with the government? So it's really going back to why do we think that happens? Now I can yeah. tell you a prime example. So I had a client I was working with a number of years ago. I went in for a quarterly review and they handed me a stack of envelopes from the government. I'm like, what is this? They're like, I was too scared to open them. Inside one of those envelopes was a check from the government for a GST refund. <laughs> and it was sitting <laughs> in the bottom drawer. So sometimes it's not always bad news. So it's going back to, again, why are we feeling this way? And how can we overcome that fear of, okay, let's take the first step. The first step has to be opening the envelope to see what the news is, because it's not always bad. Yeah. And also, I can think about my old banking days as well. You know, if you're maybe falling behind, the business isn't doing as good, you're running into those cash flow problems, 
you don't want to avoid that because the bank actually can't help you. Banks I have found are always willing to try and work with their customers when they know the full picture of what's happening. And that also goes into building a good relationship with your banker because your banker also doesn't want to be caught off guard by a bad news story. So part of that ostrich syndrome of avoiding it, not going to deal with it, don't want to look at it. It has knock-on effects beyond just getting that brown envelope and putting it at the bottom of the drawer. So you really, and this is also the opportunity that you can really leverage the professionals around you. Maybe it's even that you're not collecting money from your customers quickly enough to pay those bills. There are solutions for that. Shannon, I love that you brought in that that situation where sometimes, you know, COVID has happened over the last two and a half years. And sometimes we can get ourselves into situations as entrepreneurs where bills might be piling up. Um, We don't have the immediate cash flow to pay. And you're right. Maybe it is because our customers aren't paying us, but reaching out to your suppliers, right? The first, the first rule of thumb is reach out to them to have a conversation. Is it going to be uncomfortable in the beginning? Yes. But think about if you were on the other side of the table, If the customer were to call you to say, you know what, I'm having some cash flow problems right now because my customers aren't paying me, can we come up with a payment arrangement? Instead of paying you all at once, can I pay you in three payments? The same thing goes with your suppliers. They will be much happier having a conversation knowing that, okay, you know that you know that you owe me money and now we're having a conversation. The same thing goes with the Canada Revenue Agency. The CRA will be much more willing to have a conversation with you about creating a payment plan in order if it's whether it's GST or payroll or corporate tax, income tax, it's going back and having those conversations to make arrangements because you've done two things there. You've put that conversation out in the forefront and you've, you know, built up some some confidence and some self-esteem in yourself, but you've also taken that potential anxiety off your back because you it's it's something that you have yet to deal with. So once you deal with it, you can improve that confidence, that money mindset, and you have now have a plan to move forward. Yeah, and you bring back money mindset, which is really important here because why do we avoid things? We tend to avoid things because we fear them or there's going to be judgment there. We think it's going to be a negative experience. And that was that's the thing that makes us pull away. And so the best thing that we can do is lean into that fear and learn from it. Because as entrepreneurs, so much, like we will learn on the fly all the time. We are constantly going to be faced with financial situations where we might not know how to deal with it. So I love that you brought back in that money mindset piece. And the reality is, entrepreneurs have to embrace risk in all of its different dimensions. But we know that money is the number one source of financial stress for entrepreneurs. So do yourself that favor. Don't avoid, don't put your head in the sand, even when it feels like it's going to be a lot warmer and more comfortable in that type of environment. Shannon, you're so right, because avoiding things only provides that temporary relief from that anxiety or those uncomfortable feelings, right? It's not going to, it's not going to go away. So how can we take that first step into, okay, let's have a conversation, ease into those conversations and remove that procrastination and, and really just taking that first step into having those conversations. And we talked earlier about self-sabotaging behaviors, also being about promoting ourselves. And we are going to ease into a little promotional message about the Finance Cafe. Don't go anywhere. We're about 10 seconds away from being reunited. 
hope this episode is resonating with you and inspiring you to dive deeper into your own business financial journey, check out our online learning options on our website at thefinancecafe.ca to learn more about our transformational programming. Plus, we're giving our valued listeners an exclusive 10% savings when you use the code PODCAST10 at checkout. At The Finance Cafe, we want you to feel empowered by numbers and the stories that they create. That's why we've created a business financial learning platform that will help you see you and your business in a new light. One number and one story at a time. You started your business to make a difference. We did too. Well, welcome back. And I hope that you do take time to check us out at thefinancecafe.ca. And now we're going to jump back into our tip number four to help us get rid of these self-sabotaging behaviors. And Shauna, you talk about this one. This is your one of your favorite quotes. I know I have stolen it as well. One of the things that you have continued to remind me of is also never comparing yourself to someone else because that can be something that puts us right on our knees. And it's so easy to do, Shannon. We all do it. And with the with social media, we see all of these great things coming through social media and how difficult is it not to compare ourselves to others? So it was Theodore Roosevelt who said, comparison is the thief of joy. But we can also flip that as to, you know, maybe comparing ourselves to others can, they can potentially motivate us, can lift us up, but they can also bring us down. So it's important that we step into the understanding of why are we comparing ourselves to others and how can we use that comparison in healthy, productive ways that may help the way that we're thinking, how we're acting and how we feel, even tying back to those money mindsets. And it's important to make the distinction between comparing and learning from, right? And what I think earlier we talked about, go talk to other people in your industry, find out who's doing what and how they're doing it. That is not comparing, that is learning from. The other thing is we can always learn from people who are doing very similar businesses from us. How are they doing things? That's not a bad thing to do. It's when we get stuck in that, oh, I'm not doing as good as somebody else in social media Oh my gosh, who puts up a bad story? Like I love the entrepreneur that can be courageous enough and say, you know, today really sucked. I'm feeling at the bottom of my game right now because we know that it's never going to be flying at this high level all the time. It's impossible. That is not the entrepreneurial life. And the other thing that I would say too around the learning from versus the comparison is there's no point reinventing the wheel when you see that something is working because it's going to take you a lot of time. Yes, innovate. I'm not saying don't innovate, but it's really good to take a look, do a scan of what's happening around you and how your competitors are doing things because there's no point recreating the wheel on certain certain things. Shannon, I love that. And I love this notion of even understanding, okay, so I'm comparing myself to this individual, but am I comparing apples to apples or apples to oranges, right? So in in his book, The Psychology of Money, Morgan Housel states that we tend to judge wealth by what we see because it's really the only information that we have in front of us. We can't see people's bank accounts or financial statements. So we are relying on outward appearances to gauge financial success, especially Instagram photos, LinkedIn profiles, you know, the information that we have in front of us. So We encourage you that whether you're looking at revenue or your expenses or how much you've invested in your business, 
the first place you should compare these numbers to is your goals and your budgets because your business is for you and tying it back to here are my goals here here's my budget and that's what you need to start your comparison with yeah and thank you for that because again success is relative so my goals are going to be different than your goals which are going to be different from someone else's goals and at some point we have to be able to say i'm satisfied with where i'm at this is what i wanted to do and the other important thing that i want to say about self sabotaging behavior is that your net worth does not equal your self worth i love that notion and when we're making unrealistic comparisons this can send us on a downward spiral of self-doubt, right? Alternatively, when we're focusing on our goals, our self-worth and our budgets, that's where we get to celebrate our wins. You know what I love too about a lot of the women entrepreneurs that we work with? Yes, money is a measurement stick and yes, we have our individual goals, but I love a lot of the social purpose businesses that we see. I love the fact that for many women, Profit is not the number one motivator. And I'm not saying that money is bad. It's what I love about a lot of the companies that we have worked with is what they're able to do and the ways that they're able to give back. Oh, I love that. So that was tip number four, Shannon. Let's get into tip number five, which again is going to involve some awkward conversations. While it's true that there's no such thing as a bad client, What is true is that not all clients are a good fit for you and your business. And getting to that point where we understand that this particular client is causing me anxiety, I'm doing a lot of extra work for, maybe they're not the right fit for you, it can start causing frustration, right? It can take energy and time that you should be devoting or that you could be devoting on other clients. So it's really getting that understanding that yes, clients generate revenue, but if it's if that client is taking time away from being able to generate additional revenue from other clients, maybe clients that can provide referrals and support the long-term success of your business, this may not be a good fit for you. Is firing clients fun? No. But the method in which you go about it can make that process less daunting and less painful because just because they're not the right fit for you doesn't mean they aren't the right fit for somebody else. So having that conversation with that client to say, maybe they've outgrown you. Maybe you've outgrown them. Maybe you have a great new individual that can take on their file that you think might be a better fit. Having those conversations because a good mentor once reminded me If I'm having troubles dealing with someone or don't enjoy working with them, the feeling is likely mutual. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but it's something that we have to remember just because if you're having those feelings, they might be having those exact same feelings. Your mentor gave some really wise words there. And, you know, I just also want to remind people that, you know, 20% of people aren't going to like you no matter what you do. And so it's not always about the revenues too, right, Sean? I mean, you might just have a toxic client, a client that makes you feel bad or doesn't value your work. And I think again about earning and our money mindset, here's how a client can impact us. Like what happens if the client doesn't want to pay what we're asking them to pay? And this is a classic example of, do I move forward with this? Or do I just say, no, I'm worth this. And this is what, if you don't want to pay that, that's, that's fine. 
And it reminds me, Shauna, of the conversation that you had with Evelyn Aka in, I think it was season two podcast, where she really talked about being rooted and really grounded in her pricing. And we all have a lot to learn from her because it could be very awkward to start raising our prices. Like I think about right now with inflation and the fact that all of us have to raise our prices right now. And so if we have that sabotaging you know, that sabotaging behavior around earning our money or our clients don't want to meet us in that, in that space to say, you know what, everything's going up and I accept that your prices are too. That is time to think, is this somebody that I want to continue to work for? Because ultimately that is going to impact our own feelings of self-worth and no one wants to be in that position. You're absolutely right, Shannon, because working with clients that frustrate us can cause feelings of self-doubt and reduce confidence. Right. And, then and we start to resent them, right? And they're, yes. it's really hard to rebuild once you have that resentful that resentful heart when you're going into the business. And so resentment, once you get to that place, it's really hard to repair. But worse, you start to resent yourself and your business as well, because we all know that people treat us the way that we allow them to treat us, right? There's There's yeah. that reality too. And I need to put that out there because we can choose whether we're going to accept that or not. Absolutely. Stop giving people permission to treat you in ways that you don't want to be treated and stop people, stop treating people poorly. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, with all of these tips, a part of our growth and a part of our strengths comes from facing the uncomfortable. And we need to continually face those challenges and those obstacles as entrepreneurs so that we can continue to grow. I love it. And in the spirit of growth, let's recap those five tips to overcoming financial self-sabotage. One, get to know your money mindset. Go on a money date. Take yourself out. Ask yourself those difficult questions, questions you might not have asked before. And if you want to learn more about your money mindset, go in, go explore our money mindset class. The next thing, automate. Don't be scared to go on and use accounting software. This might be new information for you. But once you do, you're going to have that information available in real time that's going to empower you to make decisions in your company. Three, don't avoid, don't procrastinate. The ostrich syndrome, don't get caught up in that trap. The next thing you want to do is make sure that you're not comparing yourself to others in toxic ways. Look to learn from other people, but don't compare. You have to know what's important to you and to be able to define what success and what a financially viable company is for you. And last, don't be scared to get rid of the wrong clients so that you can make space to bring in those clients that are going to continue to lift you. Great wrap up, Shannon. And we encourage you on social media. If you have tips that you can share on how to avoid self-sabotage or how to reduce self-sabotage, please feel free to tag us and share at the Finance Cafe official. That's a wrap up on another five tip Finance Cafe episode. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. And to ensure you never miss a new episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on social at the Finance Cafe official or on our website at thefinancecafe.ca. See you again next week for another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast.